0: Frank Ling and I'm Charles Lee, and you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Claudia M. Gold will join us to discuss the power of Discord. So stay tuned for all of this, plus the Grokatron 5000, and our world famous question a week coming right up here on the Grok's Science Show. The Grox Science Show. Well, perfect harmony, think of it as the characteristic of healthy relationships. But is it? Well, joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Claudia M. Gold. Dr. Gold is a pediatrician and writer who's currently on the faculty of the University of Massachusetts Boston, the Brazilton Institute at the Boston Children's Hospital, and the Berkshire Psychoanalytic Institute. She is a clinician with the First Steps Together program and director of the Hello, It's Me project. Together with Dr. Ed Tronick, she has written the new book, The Power of Discord, Why the Ups and Downs of Relationships are the Secret to Building Intimacy, Resilience, and Trust. Dr. Gold, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Very insightful, very fascinating new book put together here called The Power of Discord. I'm curious why you decided to write the book.
1: Well, I'm a pediatrician, and I've always been interested in uh, supporting children and parents uh, in their emotional health and development. And um, I did kind of a traditional pediatrics training, and I did specialty training in developmental and behavioral pediatrics. But it wasn't until I had some unique opportunities uh, when I was in a very busy practice in a small community, really on the front lines with uh, children and families going to deliveries in the middle of the night that I had an opportunity to learn about the work of Dr. Tronic and the field of uh, infant parent mental health that really opened my mind to a whole new way of uh, working with the families I was treating. And I began to see really dramatic transformations in families that had felt quite stuck. And this whole process led me to eventually teach with Dr. Tronic in the infant parent mental health program and then for the two of us to decide to collaborate on this book.
0: What was the most common that you saw, that you observed, that shifted your thinking on the matter?
1: Well, I felt that often when children were identified as having a particular behavior problem or a particular diagnosis, in a way there was a process by which the child did not feel understood. And often that was because parents were very stressed uh, by a whole range of things. Um, And so when I actually just made some simple changes where I was just curious about their experience, took a little bit more time, sat on the floor without like a rigid set of questions. And there would be these really rich moments of reconnection. What we talk about in the book, in the power of discord of moving from misunderstanding to understanding and and in my clinical work, I saw that the children's behavior problems kind of evaporated when they felt recognized and understood by their caregivers after moving through that rather messy process together uh, in their relationship.
0: Is it becoming a little bit more challenging in today's era?
1: Well, a lot of things happening in today's era. I mean, in general, we live in a society of uh, advice and guidance and kind of an expectation that there's a right way to do things. And I think that that puts a tremendous burden on parents and leads to some a lot of anxiety and rigid thinking. What we want to do with the power of discord is let parents off the hook, you know, that it's, it's not only okay to mess up, but it's actually important to mess up. And that's how kids come to really feel recognized and how they grow uh, emotionally in a healthy way.
0: Pressure on parents to be perfect for their kids and make everything as harmonious as possible. But that pressure is a little bit more acute and uh, people don't give themselves the slack that maybe they might have in the past.
1: Yeah, there's just so much information out there. World of social media and certainly social media creates a kind of expectation. Of perfection. I think also the added layer of COVID, of course, with people kind of living on top of each other in a very highly stressful situation, exacerbates it. But at the same time, as long as we embrace the idea of messiness as a growth promoting experience, (laughs) then uh, actually, uh, even though there's a lot more stress in our current circumstances, for sure we can really take the time to work through mismatches, to reconnect. And there's also a tremendous opportunity for growth in relationships.
0: Tricky trying to find that safe space to make it okay to mess up.
1: Yeah, right. And I just to represent Dr. Tronic's original work here a bit, which is in the book, what he discovered is that in healthy, typical relationships, rather than an expectation that people might have that we're... that parents and infants are in perfect attunement, they're actually out of sync with each other about 70% of the time in typical healthy parent-child pairs. But it's if, as long as the majority of those interactions are repaired and that they find their way back to each other, then development happens in a healthy way. So what becomes problematic is when, for a whole range of reasons, we don't have the opportunity for repair. So that can be something as extreme as a parent who's struggling with serious depression or something sort of more uh, typical in every day, like uh, having a new baby in the middle of a pandemic, which is a, a family I was just working with a few hours ago, where the kind of opportunity for repair gets uh, a little bit lost in the stress of the situation. But as long as we... And understand that that's where the problem comes from. The lack of opportunity for repair is that then we can sort of prioritize finding our way to repair. I should add that the other thing that can happen is parents who are kind of overly anxious and intrusive, the so-called helicopter parent, where there never is any mismatch. And that similarly can uh, get in a child's way as they everything is so perfect all the time that they never get that experience of moving through misunderstanding to understanding.
0: Technology nowadays is a factor in creating some of that inability to work through some of the discord. Is that becoming more of an issue?
1: Uh, well, yeah, technology gets a bad rap. And you know, I think obviously in the time of COVID, we recognize our tremendous reliance on technology. And I think the issue is to understand the role of technology within the context of relationships. So in a family where there are uh, rich opportunity for more face-to-face interactions, uses of technology are not particularly problematic. It's when kids, for a variety of reasons, don't have that, whether it's uh, stresses uh, in the family or even uh, a child who's particularly hard to reach, then people may retreat to technology and then that leads to a downward spiral of disconnection.
0: The book talks about the famous still-face paradigm, which Dr. Tronick had uh, pioneered where is that a barrier now. Technology is creating the still-face in terms of getting reactions from other people and trying to connect.
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked that because actually that's a common reaction. But actually the still-face experiment is fundamentally different from the experience of a child seeing their parent on a cell phone. So for those of us old enough to remember landlines, Kids had the kind of similar reaction when when they were playing on their own happily and then a parent would be on the phone, they would suddenly fall apart and need their parent to be paying attention to them. The main difference with the cell phone is that it's uh, ubiquitous. You can take it anywhere. And it's different in that in the still face, the parent is there but not there. So the parent, uh, just to uh, describe it very briefly, the parent interacts with their baby in a typical way. And then they don't speak and they don't move the muscles of their face for a period of time. And then they re-engage. And you see that the baby, uh, again, a baby who's had really typical development, has a lot of agency and a lot of ability to try to connect with the mother. And then when the mother resumes interaction, they pretty quickly get back into a, a give and take. So that more sort of represents kind of typical interactions and it's not, it, it's really quite different. Again, the, the, the cell phone is a distracted parent. Now, now that's not good either, but it's, it's a different entity. So we are living in a kind of epidemic of distracted parenting, which is a problem in its own right. But I would not say that it's the same problem or the same issue as the still face.
0: Does technology play a role in anxiety, depression? I mean, does it have a, a relationship with, with things like autism?
1: Yes. It does have a relationship, but it's not a causal relationship. So let's take the example of autism. A child may, as a young child, be difficult to reach because that's a characteristic of of kids who eventually get the diagnosis of autism. So a parent has to do a lot more work than with a typically developing child in play, in interaction. And the child, too, uh, again, often kids who carry that diagnosis are, are tend to be overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. They have a lot of uh, sensory sensitivity. So, so the technology may serve a function both for the parent and the child. So the child may need the technology to kind of escape from the world that feels overwhelming. And similarly, the, the parent who's struggling to uh, connect with a hard-to-reach child may need the, the reassurance of, of social media and, and those are actually adaptive uses of social media, but it becomes problematic if it's, again, this kind of downward spiral of disconnection so that the features that characterize autism then are more likely to flourish. There's more of this kind of disconnection that's brought about by the technology, but the technology does not cause the autism.
0: How do we move beyond that? How do we move into areas of growth and understanding?
1: Well, to me, that's the most important message of the power of discord, because in my work, I would often see kids who were kind of categorized and stuck in fixed ways of understanding them, and and also parents, uh, everybody. And when we understand that the way we are in the world, really grows out of hundreds of thousands of interactions uh, in relationships, in a developmental process over time. So what that tells us is that when we are stuck in a bad way, whether we're overwhelmed by feelings of depression or anxiety or any other, you know, problematic ways of being in relationships, that the way we change is by immersing ourselves in a whole new set of relationships. So psychotherapy might be a piece of that. Uh, Cognitive behavioral therapy might be a piece of that. Singing in a chorus where you have rehearsal and you go through, unfortunately, we can't do that now in the age of COVID, which is very sad, but going through many practice sessions where you mess up but you're together and then you eventually come together in this glorious chorus walking martial arts like being in relation to friends partners we need to think about that the way we heal and the way we move ourselves in a more healthy direction when we're stuck is really has to be kind of mosaic of moments of healing over time
0: really it needs to be an ongoing process
1: Right. I think we have an expectation of, certainly we have a kind of quick fix society and an expectation that there are are one or two dimensional solutions to things. But change, yes, I think that's exactly it. That change takes time and creativity and openness to kind of uh, uncertainty.
0: One of the last chapters in the books is uh, titled Finding Hope in Uncertainty, which uh, embracing this uncertainty, the whole sort of idea of, of discord, it's difficult.
1: It is difficult. And I think the point of the book is that we do it in relation to other people. So I think we're kind of living through a a great example of of this issue right now with the whole schools reopening, where uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with this kind of certain statement that kids should be in school. Well, it turned out to be much more complex than that. Um, And while certainly we all agree with that, they had to walk it back a little. Well, that that sort of stance of certainty was problematic. And when rather than in a kind of authoritarian certainty, which can be kind of dangerous, um, we work together, different people, uh, you know, teachers, parents, physicians, mental health experts, everybody kind of Gets into this brew of messiness <laughs> that we really don't know <laughs> what to do, you know, that's the way we're going to find ourselves solutions. And when we have like a certain answer, again, that sort of authoritarian stance that seems to be around in our world a bit today, that closes off our thinking and that restricts our growth. But in contrast, when we work through a difficult problem together, then that's really what allows us to have hope.
0: Are there resources where people can go to maybe learn more about this, apply these ideas uh, in terms of their own relationships and and their parenting?
1: Well, certainly I have written four books. (laughs) So two of them are for parents. uh, This and then I have one for professionals. And then this book is really for a general audience. So anybody who's struggling in a relationship in any kind of way, Um, We certainly have a number of references in all of those books that can take people more towards uh, primary sources if they're interested in learning more about the research uh, underpinning these ideas. hope that since we're living in a time of really unprecedented discord, how did we ever imagine that a book with that title would come out at a time like this, that people can find it uh, useful and meaningful as they navigate our very uncertain world today?
0: We were just talking with Dr. Claudia M. Gold, together with Ed Tronic, has written the new book, The Power of Discord, Why the Ups and Downs of Relationships are the Secret to Building Intimacy, Resilience, and Trust. And Dr. Gold, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.